Welcome to the Finishing Well podcast, where we encourage seasoned believers to find meaningful ways to impact their world for the kingdom of God. Whether you're 65 and up or not quite there yet, everyone can begin preparing to finish well. Now, here's your host, Randy Hess, with the founder of Finishing Well Ministries, Hal Habecker. As we've been talking lately, uh, you gave me the opportunity to think about some things. And so I... um, I want to, I guess, start this out by asking if I could just be sort of an interviewer to you today on this one and just kind of help, you can help me understand some things. You know, we have been for quite some time now, as we have uh, been involved with this ministry, what, six, seven years, uh, pinpointing to people, you've done it almost, I think, almost all, every time that there are script, there's scripture out there that helps us help you know what the Lord wants for you. Am I correct on that, Hal? Uh, that is correct, Randy. Uh, the scriptures speak to uh, all the ages of life directly. Yes. And so one of those scriptures that's really pretty enticing and interesting and kind of fascinating to me is one you use pretty regularly. Um it's uh, Joel 2.28 or Acts 2.17. I'm going to just let you get into that. But what I want to ask you, sir, is there's a fascinating aspect to it to me. And that is that uh, part of the scripture is you're old men, and it's old men. I would say old people, but let's just go with <laughs> what it says, old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. So I would really just enjoy, how hearing a little more of your thinking, because those are pretty, I, I would guess those are pretty critical ideas in your mind about what finishing well could uh, bring and help. And so what would you, would you please help me out a little bit with, your interpretation or your thinking around the aspects of what it means for old men to dream dreams. Um, I've got a thousand questions there, but I'm going to just back off a little bit because I think you need to set the stage and um, give us some meat to talk about there. Thanks, Al. Well, thank you for the invitation, Randy. You know, I cover this verse in our seven essentials and the fourth essential you know, impacting generations coming behind us. And the church is really a movement of multi-generations moving for the spirit of God together. That's the way it always is. I mean, I think of Joseph when he was young as a teenager, the, the dreams he had of his future and how the people around him didn't like that, particularly his older brothers, but it affects all people. So let me set the stage and go back and reflect on the context of Joel and then on Peter as he uses Joel for his text on Pentecost. So first of all, Joel. Joel the prophet is pronouncing judgment on his people. If you look at the verse 1 of chapter 2 in Joel, he talks about the judgment of God is coming, and God will judge his people, and he will judge people in the end. And he will restore Israel, I believe. That's what Joel is prophesying. 
And God wants to make a promise to him. So, Joel, you're pronouncing judgment, but yet there's going to be a season of blessing at the end. And so that's why the text in verse 28 for Joel 2 says, it will come about after this, after this judgment is finished, my, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Note the multi-generational aspect of this. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. So we got three things going on here in a sense. Prophecy of young sons and daughters, old men and old women dreaming dreams, and then your young men will see visions. So is there a way to line these three activities up? Yes, I believe there is. They each are in a very real sense proclamations of the purposes of God and what he's about. So prophecy is a forth telling and even a future telling as Jeremiah prophesied there would be 70 years in Babylon, but it is a forth telling of who God is and how he works. Sometimes it's very specific. Sometimes it's very general. So here in this text, God says, I'm going to judge. It's going to be completed. That's the vision, or that's the understanding of the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is a time of judgment in which he reconciles all things to himself. And after that, there's going to be a season of blessing. So Joel prophesies or makes a statement about who God is, and he says, at some point in the future, I'm going to pour out my spirit. After I finish this judgment process with Israel and Babylon and everything else, and of course, the Old Testament kind of clarifies all that and moves through it. So Peter, under the influence of the Spirit, picks up this theme and says, the day of Pentecost is it. So I love this. God pours out his Spirit on all mankind through his church through younger people, through older people, through men, through women, and the Spirit is bestowed on those 120 people in the upper room, and they begin to tell who God is and what he's about and how he is working now in this whole new age of the Spirit. So the Spirit leads in the whole season of Pentecost, which I would say continues to this day. So we'd have, we've had 20 centuries of the church being led by the Spirit of God, and we're telling the world, the nations. In fact, even before this section, Luke makes a, a clear deal. He notes 16 different people groups in 16 different languages, and the Spirit has gone to the whole world through all kinds of generations, and I want to say that has continued for 20 centuries since. There will come a day of judgment at the end of this season. It will be completed. So, we now live in a day of opportunity to be led of the Spirit, telling people of the great love of God and His grace in Christ, wanting to reconcile non-believers to Himself, and that is our mission, sharing the gospel, discipling people. So Peter says, I love this, your old men ought to be dreaming dreams about forth-telling the gospel about how the church should live, about what we ought to be. Your sons and daughters will have visions about it. Um, your, your young men and daughters will prophesy. 
telling people of the work of God. And isn't that what Pentecost was? You know, Peter and the apostles all stand up and what, 3,000 people trusted God as a result of their proclamation that day about what Joe had prophesied and how the spirit of Pentecost picks up on that particular prophecy. Now, I want to just say just clearly, I, I don't know that anything's changed in our own day. Yeah. I mean, I hear Peter saying this to us today, Hopecker, uh, Hess, mm-hmm. whoever we are, we ought to be seeing, we ought to be dreaming dreams about how God wants to use us in our day, just like Joseph did. Mm-hmm. Back in his younger years, as we age, we're no different than he is. And we want to see visions. We want to have a glimpse of who God is and how he wants to work in us, in our church, in our communities, in the world, through the internet, through technology, everything. Are we dreaming dreams about how God wants to use our us and our abilities for him? Whether we're 40, whether we're 17, whether we're 80, whether we're 100 whatever we are. So that's the background. Does that make sense? I don't know that I've had any dream like that, Hal, for me personally. Okay. I don't know that I've had a dream like that. Uh, I consider myself old, (laughs) but um, I don't know, but I have had something happen to me while I'm asleep at night on many occasions where I wake up with the idea or thinking about something that I want to do in the finishing well arena. I do it. That does happen to me uh, frequently. Uh, I can't say every day, but so um, could that fit into that idea of dreaming dreams or do does a dream have to have a more specific meaning to you or the way you look, the way you're looking at the uh, scripture here? Well, let, let me give two things. First of all, when we talk about dreams, we're usually thinking about sleeping. But let me let me just say in the scriptures, we, just take Joseph's dreams that he had as a young man that re, his, made his brothers resent him. Did those dreams happen while he was sleeping? Or as I did on Wednesday afternoon this week, I sat with an older gentleman on the front porch of his house overlooking the hills of central Texas. And we sat there dreaming we were wide awake, obviously. Okay. We looked out across the fields and we had a sense of what God wanted to do with us in our lives. Ah. And I would say he and I just sat there. We're dreaming of, of who God is and how he wants to use us. And sometimes it may happen in your sleep. Sometimes it may happen in your daytime. I don't know that the spirit is saying these dreams that old men are dreaming and old people are dreaming have to be at nighttime. No, I don't think they do. I mean, daydreaming, you know, by the spirit. And, and you do this, Randy, you dream about your kids, your grandkids. Yep. Uh, you, you know, you walk through shattered times in your life, in our lives, when things don't make sense and we dream, we're not sleeping, but we think about and pray about what's ahead. So that is what I think the spirit wants us to do. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was curious about a little bit in terms of what, you know, there's lots of different interpretations, I guess you could say, of uh, of a dream. But um, and I, I do have I do know people. Uh, my spouse has some pretty vivid dreams, not about uh, what uh, not necessarily the finishing well arena, but uh, I don't have as many of those. So 
I was just curious. Let, let me uh, continue to make some observations, and you yeah, interact please, with please me. Do. You know, this it's focused on the future, growing out of the past. You know, Peter goes back centuries and picks up the prophecy of Joel centuries earlier about how God is going to continue to work. So I think about that. I look at the past. I'm 73 now. I look at the past of my life and out of what he has done in my life, I have dreams now, not just for finishing well. I have dreams for my marriage, our marriage, our kids, our grandkids, the people around us and what God is doing and how we're moving forward in his plan for our lives. So it's something that's built on the past. God leads us out into the future day by day. And it's a it's a period of blessing. You know, I think about this. Mm-hmm. Peter saw the spirit falling on the day of Pentecost as a blessing, and he had no idea that it would roll on for 20 centuries in the future when he said this. But I think he did have a sense of expectancy of what was going to happen that day. And we're told at the end of the second chapter, 3,000 people trusted Christ that day with their lives. So Peter, not knowing what to expect, has a sense of expectancy about who God is and how he's going to work. So, I mean, I think that's so applicable. You know, retirement is a season of expectancy, (laughs) Let's say it's it's a spirit, uh, a season to anticipate, to look forward to, to make a difference, to use the skills that God has given us. Our lives are running out of time at some point, so we have this season of blessing, and and someday this season of blessing will end, and God will come back to judge the world, and we'll be raptured into heaven. And so we don't know when that'll happen. You know, is it today? Today? Is it tomorrow? Is it another century? I, I don't know. But we live in a season of expectancy for God. And I think that's the great vision of what Peter was so excited that day. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to say. All they did was tell people about who God is and what he was offering to, and they responded. Well, I could see the excitement. I mean, I, when, you, when you put it the way you have you've, uh, sort of uh, pulled it all together here just in the last few minutes, that a huge part of this is the awesome, just absolutely mind-blowing, awesome point, at least it is for me, and I know it is for you and probably every believer, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. And all you have to do is sign up for it, so to speak. Um, that that has made such a difference in my life knowing that knowing that my my you know knowing that the lord has my back through the holy spirit knowing that the lord is helping me cope through the holy spirit helping me deal with uh what's going on that is otherwise hard to understand uh help guiding me uh helping me deal more uh, 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 effectively with people I want to work with, people I want to encourage, people I want to uh, be friends with, people I want to get to know. The Holy Spirit is there leading me. And so, Hal, this is such a critical, important scripture in terms of guiding us in our finishing well years, our Whatever you want to call that, some call it the third, 
third, the fourth quarter. Uh, we call it our aging years. Uh, whatever it is, Hal, those years demand, almost cry out for something in us to help us, help guide us through how we can be relevant, how we can still feel uh, valuable, how we can still feel a contributor of something that the Lord will feel honors him. And it's really, without the Holy Spirit, I you're kind of at a loss. And so I guess when you put the dreaming dreams in that context, that you're going to be dreaming dreams, the Holy Spirit's got you, dude. So pay attention to that is really important, I think. Well, I, I can't agree more, Randy. But And I think of the application of this. Uh, let me state it in a number of ways. You know, what if the church were filled with older men and women who are ambitious and, and really real about dreaming dreams about how God is working in their lives and how he wants to use them in their own local congregations and in their communities? Mm -hmm. You know, I see the church being led by older people who are championing visions and dreams for the kingdom of God through their lives. They're excited about pouring their lives multi-generationally into young men, young women, all ages in the church. And so older people are really ambitious about seeing God's hand in their lives and sharing that with others and bringing generations behind them along. They're they're helping each other. They rely on young people's visions and uh, of who God is. They're energized by young people. You know, what older person is it? I, you know, I, I had coffee last week with a young man in his 40s, and this man is ambitious about reaching the nations for Christ. I, I came away just encouraged by his vision about who God is. And, you know, I think about that uh, as us, we influence our, our, ki our grown kids. Our grandkids, what better gift could we as older men and women, as parents of older kids and grandparents of younger kids and great-grandparents of little people, all around us in the church and in our families, but we're ambitious about dreaming dreams for who God is, and we're relentless to that end. You know, purposeful, not frantic about it, but living intentionally in these years for the kingdom of God, being filled with his spirit for his work. Uh, you know, we're not we're not captured by uh, retirement ideas in this culture. You know, we're captured by the Holy Spirit. We pace ourselves. We intentionally think about who God is and how he wants to work in our lives. Uh, just one more illustration. I think I, I love Philippians three, where Paul says, I forget the past and I want to press on. Why did he want to press on? Well, I think he was listening to the Spirit of God. He had visions. He had dreams of another missionary journey. He wanted to go to Rome. He wanted to go to Spain. You know, what does God want to do in your life? That's what I like to ask older people and people of all ages. You know, somebody in their 40s, what does God want to do in your life? What better gift could a young person in their 40s have than having a dream for what God wants them to be and do in their lives and through their family? I think it's awesome. That would be helpful. Uh, the other idea, and then, um, you know, you can fire away other ideas that you have. This is a day of opportunity for Peter. It's the first day of Pentecost when the Spirit fell. They had no idea what 
what it would be like. And Jesus simply told them to go wait and anticipate and think about the day the Holy Spirit would fall. And he fell, and it was a day of tremendous opportunity. And of course, that has continued for 20 centuries now. And I want to say we live in days of opportunity. Yes, there are hardships all around us, personal hardships, hardships in our families, in our marriages, whatever it may be. But we also live in days of opportunity to speak forth who God is out of our own experience, out of his truth, and appeal to people to respond to him. Thank you for that, Hal. That was um, really a very helpful, at least gave me uh, a much better idea of what how it relates to me personally yeah. in terms of dreaming dreams and how it could relate to anybody. If you take a second and reflect on what the scripture is saying, we are so fortunate to be in and be in the era of having the ability to have the Holy Spirit help us. It's incredible, isn't it? We have yes, it is. We have the opportunity to link up arms, be filled with his spirit for our day. And the challenges of our aging years, our kids' years, our grandkids' years, our great-grandkids' years. You know, I hear a lot of pessimism today. God, it's hard living in this world. I'm glad we're not raising our family today. I mean, well, what kind of message does that send to younger people who are bringing up their families? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, let me. you go back and think of the first century, the hardship of the political world, the hardship of the economic world. You know, Peter writes his epistle, First and Second Peter, First, Second, Third John to challenging, to people who were challenged in all kinds of ways. And the answer is the same. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Use your day as a day of opportunity. Uh, so in closing, I, I want to invite you as our listeners. You know, may, you've already made this decision, I'm sure, but many of us have not. Will you decide to live by the Spirit in these days? Will you decide to dream dreams of what the Spirit of God wants to do in your life in these latter years? Will you decide to say, that's the way I want to live in front of my adult kids and set an example for them? That's what I want to encourage my grandkids and my great-grandkids to do. That's the day of opportunity in which I want to live for Jesus and make a difference through the very last day of my life. Does that make sense? It does. That's awesome, Al. Thank you again. It's, I think this is an important uh, uh, scripture. And uh, you definitely have used it as a foundational piece. So I'm glad we talked about it today. Thank you for taking the time to do that. You're welcome. And thanks for uh, encouraging me and being my ch a challenge for me to listen to the Spirit of God and keep dreaming and sharpening our dreams. Randy, you sharpen me. You make Thank me you. think about things in ways that uh, I, don't, I don't hear. I mean, because I'm not you and you see life in a different way. And I'm indebted to you. And, Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And Thank I would you. give this invitation to all of you out there. I mean, join our team in Finishing Well Ministries. Sign up. Utilize the resources we have, the written, the video, uh, the podcast. Pass this on to somebody else. Use it in your Sunday school class. Have somebody, have your class listen to this podcast and ask each other, what are we doing dreaming dreams for the kingdom of God and how do we measure up? But, and pray for us and support us financially. We have opportunity. It's a day of opportunity for us. So let's press on together. Amen, Randy? Amen. Thanks. Thanks for being with us. And God bless you.
Thank you for listening to the Finishing Well podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's conversation to continue living out your God-given purpose. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find us at finishingwellministries.org slash podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Finishing Well Ministries. We'll see you next time.